0: Welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today, Leah Pinelli, and I'm really excited about the topic we're going to talk about. So we are going to be talking about weight loss. And one of the reasons that I want to do this, and actually this is not the only episode we're going to talk about it on, this is going to be part of a three podcast series where we dive into this topic from different angles. So Leah and I are going to talk about the mindset, about the thinking, and how that affects our goals. And then we have another episode that's a little bit more about the nutrition and the food and what you're eating. And then we're gonna have a third episode where I put it together a little bit. And I'm super excited to dive into this topic because last week I hosted the Planathon. Maybe you were there. It was so fun, there were hundreds of women who participated in this week-long journey where we made our fall plans sort of step-by-step. Step. There was five sessions and each session gave you the next step in how to make this plan so that you might follow through and feel some balance this fall. And many people had weight loss goals. And so I feel like this is a very timely topic I feel like maybe as women, we think about this in the fall, we're also coming out of a pandemic where some of us didn't move quite as we hoped to, or didn't eat quite as we hoped to, and so this might be a good time to clean all that up. Or maybe you've been thinking about it for a long time, and we'll get into how both Leah and I did that, and then this will be really appealing to you for that, because I think the solutions that I'm going to share over these next three weeks, they might really help. They might help you to not have to keep going on this roller coaster. Maybe they'll help you figure out your final solution. So this topic is also a little bit near and dear to my heart right now um, because I have been on this path over the past six weeks of committing to losing weight that I gained in my 40s. So I'm 45 and I noticed that when I was 40 that... I didn't notice when I was 40. I noticed when I was 45 that since I was 40 the weight some of the weight i had lost back in my 30s had started to come back and it didn't make so much sense to me because i was eating pretty much the same food which was very healthy you know i've been gluten free and dairy free and all the things for now 12 years and so i couldn't really understand it and i decided just to blame it on hormones and when I wasn't feeling good and the pandemic happened, I just was like, you know what? This is the time. This is the time to get strong and to really learn what might have changed, what what might be a solution right now. And Leah and I go into this a little bit in the episode, but I got really curious and that got really fun. And so I'm proud to say that I've now lost in the past six weeks, 17 pounds. I have roughly double that, a little less than double of that to go. I'm super excited to hit my goal and I will hit my goal and I know I'll hit my goal and it's just been such a fun journey and that will be the third episode and I'll actually share with you exactly what I did. So today we're going to talk mindset, next episode we'll talk food and then I'll explain how I put this all together um, and made it work for me over the past couple of months. So if you didn't do the planathon, by the way, go check that out. It is still live until the end of the day on Labor Day, so you can go check out those five sessions if you're wondering what your goal would have been if you went through them. You can go to plansimple.com/planathon and get access to that. It's a lot that's up there because all the lessons, which are just 20 minutes, but each lesson is 20 minutes. There's worksheets for each one, and also there's a. I led a daily Zoom call when it was live. So those are up there. Maybe you don't need to look at those. And there was also a webinar I did on follow through, which may be of interest to you. So I would do all the watching and then have the worksheets and make a time to do those if you're heading into the time when these may go down. That would be my advice. So go check that out, plansimple.com slash planathon. All right, one more exciting thing, and then I want to introduce you to Leah. So, the other exciting thing that is happening right now is that the doors are open to Flow 365. Woohoo! I'm so excited. So, I don't do this every day, it's not always open. I usually open them two or three times a year depending on what the situation is um, so that a new cohort can come in and then I close the doors so that I can really focus on the people who are in it. So the doors are open until September 10th, this go-around. I think it is a absolutely fabulous time to plan, to dream. I would say dreaming comes before planning, to dream, to plan, and to really follow through on what it is that you want, what your dreams are. And it seems like it maybe wouldn't be such a good time because the world is so topsy-turvy right now, but I have watched women flourish flourish during this pandemic. And I made sure to pull out some of their stories on the page that tells you all about Flow 365. So make sure to go look at those because it ended up that for all the people who signed up 90 days ago, it was the perfect timing for them. And it really helped them get over the hurdle of balancing motherhood and work all under one roof. And balancing their self-care and many of them even came up with new goals that they didn't even know they wanted to do while they were in the process and actually Like fulfilled some of them, which was so cool. We had somebody whose big goal was to do a big clean out and she ended up starting a blog. And we had someone who was just really trying to figure out her systems between running her own coaching business and having two kids at home two grade school age kids at home and cooking dinner every night. And she was just trying to figure out like how those three things could work together better and realized that she'd been wanting to write this novel for a long time and that that is something she also needed to make time for. And we figured out how to make that happen. She figured out how to make that happen. And those stories just light up my heart. So go check it out. If you're feeling like you can't imagine how you're going to get it all done this fall, what it's going to be like, how everything's feeling so different. It just feels overwhelming. It feels uncertain. You feel a little stuck. This might be just what you need right now. And so I would love to have you. I would field any questions that anybody has ever. You can just always message me on Instagram or shoot me an email and I will try to answer those. So just go check it out. And if it speaks to you, it speaks to you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I think you might love it if you're dealing with any of those things and just wanting to really take back 2020. That's what I keep saying because so many of us feel like this year was just lost, but I really don't believe it has to be. I've seen in a, in many times what women are capable of in 90 days and it's unbelievable. And it's usually quite equivalent to what we're normally capable of in a year. So if you've got something in your mind that you want to do, let's do it. Let's really do it. So go to Plansimple.com. There's a link in the navigation to Flow 365. You can also go to Plansimple.com slash Flow 365, and you'll get to a page that tells you all the things, all the details. And do know that this is kind of also a special time because this season is starting September 11th with the retreat, and it will go through... December 11th or December 15th to make the 90 days and I'm not going to start the next season right then because then we're right dab in the middle of the holidays but I'm also not going to let everybody go quite then so from December 15th to January 15th is kind of like a bonus month that you get oh I'm going to tell you one other thing but it's so December to January is a bonus month and that we are going to really dive into having a healthy holiday, what that looks like for you, um, what it looks like to use some of that holiday time to really go deep into your own soul, and what it looks like to really plan the next year. And then in January, what it looks like to really come down from the holidays and land in the next year. And so many of the things that we don't give ourselves time for at that time of year we're going to give ourselves time for. So I'm super excited for that bonus month. Now, here's the other thing there's two ways to sign up this time. So I decided that 90 days for right now is actually an okay time frame to sign up. It used to be for the first few years, you could only sign up for a year. And so there's people who've been in the program for three years, but I really wanted to give more as many people as possible the opportunity to be in it, and so you can sign up for just a 90-day season, or you can sign up for the whole year. There's a slight cost incentive to sign up for the whole year. I really do believe that committing to this work for a year is life-changing, not because it takes you a year to learn how to plan and how to follow through. We can do that definitely in a season, but because then you get to practice in all the different scenarios. You get to practice when the kids are home. You get to practice when they're in school. You get to practice during the holiday season. You get to practice when guests are visiting your home. Okay. You get to practice in all the different situations. So that's why I recommend a year. But you get to choose and you get December no matter what. So please, please, please go check that out if it speaks to you. Again, it's at plansimple.com slash flow365. And I'm So excited to welcome in this next cohort of women who are going to thrive in this very strange time. All right, let's meet Leah. So Leah Pinelli is a weight loss coach who focuses on helping. By the way, I'm about to tell you more about her, but do note that I think we do curse a little bit in this episode. So if you have kids around, just put on a headset. Because she actually curses in her bio. All right, Leah Pinelli is a weight loss coach who focuses on helping badass women ditch the diet drama and lose weight from a place of love. Leah works with clients who are achieving at the highest levels. They might run companies, raise children, manage their households, squeeze in time for exercise or at least try, and stay abreast of current events. They quite literally do it all, except for one thing, stopping overeating. And that is where Leah's work begins and why I asked her to be on the show today. So with no further ado, let's get Leah on the show. Oh my gosh, Leah, welcome to the Plansible Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Thank you, Mia. I am so excited to be here.
0: Um, all right, so we're talking about one of my favorite topics, I guess, and also maybe one of my more dreaded topics at one point in my life. So it's become my favorite topic. So it might not be everyone's favorite topic yes, but I'm hoping that we can turn them around. Yeah. So we're going to get there in a minute, but before we get to talking weight loss, let's tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about what you've got going on. If you have a kid, how how you balance everything, what's happening in your life. Just tell us a little bit about you so we can get to know who we're talking to.
1: Yes. Okay. So, um, I'm Leah and I am a weight loss coach and I focus on helping women really badass women ditch the diet drama and lose weight from a place of love. And what that really looks like is helping women understand, um, what's going on when they eat, what's going on hormonally, what's going on psychologically, what's going on, um, just in their brain in general, and then how they can actually use that knowledge to empower themselves to change their relationship with food. Um, I got into this work. My background is in education. I worked in education for a decade and a half, and I um, particularly focused, my focus was on teen girls. I used to run girl empowerment circles. Um, And my passion was just really around creating safe spaces for girls to come together and talk honestly and openly about themselves and like all of the stuff that girls that come up for teen girls, right? Like relationships and what's going on with my body and my relationship with food and, you know, slut shaming and like all of that stuff. Right. We, so I was running these girl empowerment circles that I loved. I was doing it full time in public schools. And, um, and I just found that I, um, I didn't have all of the tools. I have a master's degree in education, but I didn't have the tools to really help girls navigate Hmm. all of the bullshit in the world, you know? And so I decided to go um, look into life coaching, looking for those tools to really help them navigate um, and get the results they want out of their own lives, and that's how I actually became a life coach. So I kind of went from education to life coaching. So that, that's a little bit of history. But then um, back to your original question was what's going on for me now. Now I'm full-time, well, I am a full time. Well, I still actually work in education as a coach, but I'm um, I'm a full time coach, and I live in California with my husband and my six year old nudist child who refuses to
0: (laughs) I used to have one of those. It changes. (laughs) I'm hoping. (laughs) (laughs) Although sometimes, you know, like I'm like, really? Like, but it's good. It's like, I don't, you know, I was so modest. I'm like, it's all good. Yeah. Right. Um, Awesome. Okay. And so I love that story. And I think actually you, you got into life coaching because of one of my favorite people, which is Martha Beck. Is that true? Yes. That's right.
1: That's right. I did my training with uh, Martha Beck. Yeah. yeah, It's really
0: funny because when, when I first got into this work, one of the first books I read was one of her books and I had already done like a little bit of the food piece, but I didn't have the life coaching piece yet. And I remember reading her book and she said something about green smoothies and that was one of the things I did. So I was like, Oh my gosh, like this woman must be genius. So I just remember like I read all her books and like went to all her yeah. things. So I, yeah. I definitely love her energy.
1: Yes. She's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your, so you told us about your history with teen girls, which I love, and I'm actually hoping we can circle that back in toward the yeah, end because sure. that is something I deal with right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's amazing how that happens.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and and but tell us a little bit about your journey in terms of weight and yourself.
1: Yeah. So I was I have always my whole life struggled with my weight. So from the time I remember I was 9 years old and I remember my mom telling me like I think we maybe need to change, you know, a little bit about how we're eating, maybe go on a diet and she didn't pressure me but it was like the first time and I knew that that I was chubby cuz kids would tease me, my brother would tease me, right? Like my sister would tease me. Um, but I was always overweight and And then, you know, I hit puberty and kind of leaned out and that was really like great. Um, But then as I got older, it, you know, came back and, and I made a whole lot of choices when I was in high school and, and in my early twenties that helped me stay lean. You know, I was always on a diet. I was a party girl. So I was always, you know, rocking and rolling. Um, But I was always on a diet. So in the nineties, you know, it was like no fat, like low fat to no fat everything. And then, you know, later it was weight watchers and I was always kind of bouncing back and forth. I did the carbohydrate addicts diet and I was always like on a diet and then I would go off the diet. So, you know, the typical yo-yo dieting life where you're always trying to solve the weight problem. Right. And I always just felt like if I just knew what to eat, if I could just stick with it, if I could just stick with it, then I would live at my natural weight. I would be my normal weight, you know? Um, and it was so frustrating that I could never stick with it. And then I could never find the thing. Um, and the other thing was that I was always hungrier than other people. Like I always had a, I had a big appetite, you know, and even my husband who's six foot seven (laughs) big dude, (laughs) and I would eat the same amount as him, you know, like had no problem, like just putting it down and, um, always kind of just really struggling with that. And, um, when I, got into my thirties, I, and I was running my girl circles and doing this work with girls, I had really kind of just given up. I was like, you know what? Like, this is just it. I am just overweight and I'm going to be overweight and I'm fine with it. Right. Thank God for the body diversity movement. Cause I was like, I, I didn't hate my body. I just was frustrated by it. Cause I, I just felt like I was walking around in this body that was 30 pounds too big. Um, for me, like it didn't feel like right in my body. And so I, I, um, uh, I basically just kind of gave up and I decided I'm not going to diet anymore. Like I'm, I'm done dieting. I'm done paying the diet industry. I'm done paying Weight Watchers. I'm done reading books and I, you know, I'm popping from paleo to keto. And every time you do that, you're like buying more books. You're buying different groceries. You're throwing out the stuff in your fridge or your pantry that you can't eat anymore because you're on a new diet. I was just done investing financially that way, I was done investing mental energy that way, and I wanted to be a better better role model for my girls. So I gave it all up and I was like, I'm just going to be 180 pounds. It's just what I am. That's my natural weight. I would say things like, "This is what my body wants to weigh, right? Um, and that was it. and but the thing was is even and even though I was preaching to my girls about body diversity and self-love and all of it, I had entire units of curriculum <laughs> of around this. I still was uncomfortable, not with my body, but I was, although I was kind of still uncomfortable with my body, but I was like, I can live with this, but I was uncomfortable with my relationship with food, how much I thought about food, how confused I felt about food. How like just the, the actual turning over to food was just, I was so uncomfortable with that. And I just felt like if I wasn't thinking about food and dieting and my relationship with food so frequently, I would be able to produce and contribute so much more in the world. But because I spend all this time worrying about this one topic in my life, I'm kind of like wasting my, you know, that potential to actually create something, contribute something larger. And I felt a little bit like a fraud because I knew when I was preaching to my girls that part of me was like, oh, but I'm still really uncomfortable with food, even though I'm trying to help girls be more comfortable with food. Right. So essentially I, uh, I you know, um, I, I had already done my training with Martha Beck and I uh, had kind of stumbled upon a weight loss tool that I was curious about it. It was different. I hadn't ever heard of it before. I hadn't tried something like this before. And it was a mindset tool. It was not a diet. It was not don't eat this, eat that. It was a mindset tool that I had never heard of before. Um, and I was like, huh, I could try that. Right. Cause obviously, as a life coach, I'm really into mindset work. Yeah. So I tried it and I was shocked at how much A, I enjoyed it. And B, I lost seven pounds just by using this one tool that was not a diet tool. And it was a mind tool. And I was like, holy shit, that was seven pounds. Like what happened to that seven pounds? So then I got more curious, right? And curiosity for me is everything because every time I started a diet, I was dieting from this place of self-loathing, frustration, hope, and then, you know, having that hope come, you know, crashing down. Yeah. And, and skepticism, because I knew, because I'd done it so many times that this one time probably wouldn't really work, but what if, and you know, all of that. This time it was like, no, I'm just curious what happens if I try this tool. And that started my entire weight loss journey that is literally informed by that one feeling of curiosity. It's like it's curiosity and love are, I would say, the two dominant feelings that I felt throughout the entire 30 pounds of weight loss that I lost years ago. And it's like, oh, huh, what happens if I do this? I'm just curious what happens. Like, what happens if I do this mind tool? What happens if I eat this and not that? Like, just what happens? I'm curious about it. Let me collect some data. Let me see how I feel mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally. Like, let me collect this data and then decide if I want to continue or not. Yeah. And it was totally transformative. So then I went ahead and went, went and did weight loss um, training. Coach, I, I, did, I went through weight loss coach training, did the whole bit. And now that's what I do with women because related back to those girls, it's like, we learn this from our moms. We, and not, I'm not trying to mom blame and mom shame here because we do enough of that in our world. But what I mean is we are looking at the women who came before us. And when we see those women, when we see those women counting calories, when we see those women agonizing about how, you know, how much fat they have on their bellies or their arms, or when we see our, the women who came before us giving, dedicating their energy to weight loss and food. That is what we teach our daughters is what's most important. What is most important is that we worry about our relationship with food. And instead, I want to change that narrative for the next generation of girls to say, you don't need to worry about that because you can live at your natural weight and you can eat in a way that feels like love and then go do your work in the world. Like go pull up to the table and." do what you were meant to do in this world like run for office change the world is the tool explainable like now
0: everyone's like what's the tool what do we do is it just improving your mind is that what that is no
1: no it's an actual tool that i learned um it's called the hunger scale and it's probably too long for me to explain it here but it really is about learning first of all the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger right and there are very clear signs of when we are physically hungry and when we are emotionally hungry, but we and I like was totally disconnected from those. Um, I did not know the difference between physical and emotional hunger. And so I had to first learn that before I could even then use the hunger scale. So it's kind of a multi-step process, but the thing that's important is that most of my clients come to me. I shouldn't say most, but a, a, a fair amount of my clients come to me and they say to me, Leah, I don't, I don't actually know when I'm hungry. Like I don't have any idea when I'm hungry. So I have no idea if I'm physically hungry, or emotionally hungry, because I don't even know what hunger even really feels like. Right. And that is so common with women. And that's because we've been told this drives me crazy. Like literally the hair on the back of my arms is standing up that the, this drives me crazy that we have been told as women that you, that we should be afraid of hunger right? Like, don't get hungry. Like carry that snack in your bag. Like put that little bag, put those, the trail mix in your bag. because You don't want to be out and get hungry because why? Because then we are led to believe that somehow we will become these wild savage beasts that are then going to like come home and raid the kitchen. Right. And we're going to be out of control. Right. And so you never want right. to feel hunger, right? You never want to feel hunger. Don't feel hunger. Cause you will become out of control. It's like that whole hysteria thing, right? It's like, you'll just so interesting. crazy. So instead it's like, no girl, you can handle a little bit of hunger. You'll be all right. And now I'm not promoting going hungry here, but my point is that what happens then is we have lost our connection to our actual physical cues from our body that let us know when I'm hungry and when I'm full and because we're never hungry. We're always like, Oh, it's, and what we also have done to ourselves, you know, or, you know, the, the diet industry, maybe society has done to us, right. However we want to look at it is we also have told ourselves that we need to eat on a schedule. So like we eat because it's 8 a.m., it's time for breakfast. We eat right. because now it's snack time, 10 a.m., have your snack, and then now it's noon, have lunch. And so we're eating because it's a time of day and not because we're actually in touch with our hunger. Right. And so right. what happens then, and this kind of gets into the hormonal piece that I, that I teach my clients, what happens then is then we're all hormonally dysregulated, right? Because your body releases a hormone called ghrelin when you are hungry. And that is what tells your body it's time to eat. But if you're constantly eating throughout the day, then that ghrelin never has an opportunity to be released. So now you really don't know when you're hungry and when you're not. And then the release of ghrelin then will uh, then trigger the release of leptin, which is the hormone that tells you when you are full, But if you never release the ghrelin, like does leptin ever kick in? When does it kick in? Maybe it kicks in, maybe it doesn't. So we kind of screw up our hormones in this way, as opposed to letting our body go through these natural states of hunger and then nourishment and then feeling satiated, right? Like we, we have kind of, we have intervened on those out of a fear of hunger. Um, And so that's where that hunger scale for me and learning physical and emotional hunger and then learning that tool of then how to gauge that and when to eat and when I can maybe not go run, it's not an emergency to run to the fridge right now, really learning that for myself, not only connected me with my body, but it empowered me to say, yes, it is time for me to eat. And no, it's not versus taking my cues from something that a diet book told me or something that I read in a blog post somewhere from somebody who lost a bunch of weight.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because so when I, you know, I had a, a journey of losing um eighty five pounds after yeah I saw kid. that <laughs>
1: awesome. and
0: but what's interesting is that I happened to have like I mean by pure luck I think because I had done the whole yo-yo dieting thing too by pure luck I encountered like the perfect food protocol for my body. Like yes. that actually helped me judge all those things, yes. right? Because it, it took out the sugar, it took out the gluten, it took out the dairy. And it actually, I, it ended up that I have, I shouldn't be having gluten. I have an autoimmune disease that I shouldn't be having it. So, so I, it was interesting because like it actually set up a lot of those emotional things for me. Like I tell everybody, like the first, my first week of eating this way, like I felt like I had been to 10 years of therapy. Like I just felt yeah. like so much cleared because of the food. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, years later, I realized like there was that work that, you know, as other food would start to come in, I realized that there was that piece of mindset work that certainly yes. had been done for me because I had found the perfect like mix of food. But I think that's rare. You know, we don't usually find that. And then, you know, now years later, what I'm finding is that different hormones do eventually kick in. And and then you really have to rely on the mindset because the food protocol part always changes. It always shifts for us. Yes. And so that way of eating actually isn't my current way of eating. And I had to sort of go through a relearning process to understand that.
1: Well, and that's what I love. You know, you said like you found that like perfect protocol for you, yeah. And that's the thing is, there's no one way, right? There is, there is. If there was one way for us all to eat and live at our natural weight, then we would all be doing it by yeah. now, right? Like there is no one way. And that's the thing that's so frustrating. So what works for you isn't necessarily going to work for me or for the next person. And so that's what I actually do with my one-on-one clients is we, we figure out exactly what you've just figured out is what is my perfect protocol. And then when you understand the science and the mindset work behind what you're eating, then you are empowered to then tweak it. Just like you said, as things change in your life, right? So you don't always need, I have a, I have a client, a, a A story about a, one of my first clients, she, um, she wanted to lose weight. And I told her, she asked me what I was eating, how I ate. And I told her, and I don't do that anymore, by the way, because of this exact example, I told her how I was eating as an example. Well, she was like, well, I'm going to do that. I was like, okay, do that. (laughs) Well, she felt terrible. Like she had low energy. She wasn't feeling well. She, um, and she wasn't losing any weight. And so then she was like, you know, I just feel like, and she is ethnically from Guatemala and she was raised in Guatemala for a good portion of her life. And she was like, I just feel like I just need to incorporate just a little bit of beans or a little bit of rice or maybe both. And we were like, okay, let's try it. Right. Because again, there's not one way. So she tried it by just adding a little bit of beans. And I can't remember if she was doing beans and rice or if it was just beans at first and then rice. I can't remember, but she added a little bit of beans and rice to her meal each day. Boom. Her energy was back. She was vivacious. She felt so much better and she lost 25 pounds. Now for me, adding beans and rice to my diet doesn't actually serve me, but for her, it was the thing. And so that's why you really have to do the work to figure out what is it that serves my body, but it has to be informed by the, both the the actual science behind weight loss. And then you have to be prepared. Like you said, Mia, to deal with the the psychological aspect of the, the mindset piece of all of it and when you have those two things the mindset and the science boom you're yeah it's
0: it's so interesting and and it's interesting right now that we're talking because you know so it's been it's been 11 years since that time and you know, I the the my my perfect protocol of that moment was being raw vegan, which sounds insane to many people. But that's what I did for two years yeah. with three little kids. Oh my god. So then eventually, like I stayed vegan, but eventually I started adding back in grains and I started cooking things yeah. and obviously because I had to make meals, there was beans and rice involved. Right. <laughs> my, yeah. my husband's Colombian, so it all made sense and my kids loved yeah. it. Um and then I I hit perimenopause. And it's funny, like then things sort of start to change. And actually, as we're doing this interview, I'm starting um, this new work that I'm doing that actually kind of brings me a little bit back, but it's just like the next level of like gut clean out. And it's so interesting because it is fun. And like, I'm having so much fun experimenting and I never, it never would have been like this 15 years ago. You know what I mean? So I never would have had this open mind, but I'm super curious about how these little like changes and some big changes could really help this particular phase of my
1: life (laughs) right now. And I love hearing that, right? Because so many women in your position, they come from from this place of, again, fear. It's like, oh my God, you know, perimenopause and things are changing and oh my God, it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. Like I'm going to gain all this weight and I don't know what's happening. My body's out of control. And we set up this, you know, this like battle, this tension between ourselves and our bodies, but it's, it, it's like so unnecessary. And if anything, it doesn't get us the result we want. Right. Like I think what we want is we want to love ourselves. I think we want to love our bodies. I think we want to be in harmony. I think we want to feel like I know my body and my body knows me. I am my body and my body is me. Like we work together. We're like a badass team over here, right? Me and my body, as opposed to this fear of like, oh my God, what's happening? I don't understand. My body has a mind of its own, right? And so your example of like, this is kind of fun. This is kind of interesting. Like this is, I'm curious about what happens when I tweak this or tweak that. And I have the tools to do this in an informed way. And I'm not just, you know, willy nilly over here, like reading some book about this or that and then trying it and then feeling like a failure.
0: Yeah. And it, well, the other thing I am going to point out, cause I, this would be an interesting conversation to have here is so, So like, I'm very aware of this and very much not in a calorie counting way because actually the way that I did lose 85 pounds was having more calories than I think I had ever let myself have in many years. It was like, I was eating so much fat at that time and the weight melted off. So, So I've learned that lesson. And we talk; I talk all the time on this podcast and in my world about how one of the biggest tricks that I had as a parent was to really talk about food, like- in an honest positive way because i felt like all the messages i always received were about dieting or like at a holiday it was like oh i'm so full and i just need to like go to sleep and so yes. like now i'll be like oh my gosh you know i have like a few bites left but i feel great so i'm going to yeah. stop <laughs> or yeah. like you know yeah. i don't know this thing really made me feel good like i'm always sharing those you know my kids now roll their eyes cuz they're teenagers <laughs> but i've done that their whole life and i think yeah. it really helps and yeah. The teenage girl thing is still really real. Yeah. And it's amazing to me, like how, like, I'm like, how could this happen? Yes. <laughs> like, like, how could this happen after we've done all this work all these years? Right so, right. so I think it's so interesting. And I do talk, I use an equation, a lot of wasted time just in terms of meal planning because yeah. I, we were doing the math once and it's like, you know, the average person thinks about what's for dinner from anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, even if they don't have an issue with food, right? Like right. just like in life. Right. And yeah. if you add that up over the course of a year, it's like four weeks of vacation. It's like some ridiculous amount of oh my time, gosh. right? That, that we spend me. just like thinking about, you know, just thinking yeah. like, I think we'll have this for dinner. I wonder yeah. if we still have carrots in the fridge. Right? Maybe I should go to the grocery store. I wonder if right. I have time to go to the grocery store. And you just add up this whole dialogue. And so then when you actually have a food issue, like imagine how much extra time that is. So I just love the concept that what we're really doing is freeing up our mind to think about all the other things that need help right now that are so less, like that need us to love ourselves and then show up to them fully.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you know, to, to your, to your point about you know, like as parents, we can do everything in our power to be these role models, but they are still, our kids are still out there in the world and they're getting all of these messages that counter that. Right. But what I always say is, you know, at least they have the counter message at home, right. At least they have somebody in their life that they can say, actually, you know, I know that that doesn't have to be that way. And maybe you know because right now I'm really not identifying with my mom because I'm fourteen, yeah. but eventually like you know we come full circle you know hopefully ideally and and it's just knowing that we have had that influence, even if it right now it feels you know super small that eventually it- yeah well, and
0: just like the example that you gave is so funny because I think it was just the other day, it was like dinner time, and it's like I'm just not hungry, it was not me, it was the teen and we were like but it's dinner you have to come sit down and i'm like right. and then i'm like wait what am i saying like why would you like why would we even right. have that message it's like okay fine just come sit at the table and be with yeah. us and have your yeah. glass of water like whatever yes. like yes. you're not hungry you're not hungry
1: yes absolutely. Um, absolutely but so
0: many of these messages are just like you know like even like from our just finish your plate and you know eat this and or yeah. it's rude not to eat this like yes. so many so many clients that i um hear from like when it comes time to you know, following their plans that they made at, when they go out or at their parents' house or even at yep. a friend's house, which I know we're doing a little less of right now, but yeah. <laughs> you know, still comes. It's like, but I feel so bad if I don't eat what I'm given. Yes. And it's like all these things that we carry around with food are unbelievable.
1: Oh my gosh, totally. And th- you know, what's huge there is there is that whole social thing of like, if I don't eat this, I'm going to offend you, right? Like yeah. that's a whole mindset piece that we can work on. But the other piece is there is a huge identity piece, right? So when when I first learned about the foods that, you know, that I needed to really get curious about to see how they were impacting my... So one of the things that I do with my clients is we don't jump in head first to weight loss, although weight loss usually happens at the beginning um, and throughout, but what we focus on is actually being curious about our hunger levels and our desire levels for food. Because for so many of us, we have um, experienced a lot of over hunger and over desire in our lives for food. Right. So the over desire is the thinking about it. The feeling like the food has more power than you, that you know, you're in the break room at work and somebody like brought brownies and you're like, ah, oh, I really don't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I don't want to, I don't want to. And then you go back to your office, you keep thinking, 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 brownie, brownie, brownie. And then finally you just go back and you have three, right? right. <laughs> like that is over desire where you feel like the food has more power than you do or the wine or whatever it is. <laughs> and the over hunger is the part that I talked about earlier about kind of just being constantly hungrier, hungrier than other people hungry frequently. So we first, we get curious about what is it that's driving that over hunger and over desire. And like I said, it is a combination of your mindset, but it's also hormonal. And so when we get curious about that, we learn there are certain foods that I put in my body that actually cause me to become overly hungry and even over desire. So then when you get curious about that and you decide, let me try taking those foods out and let's just see what happens to my hunger levels. Let's see what happens to my desire level. And it's life-changing because what you find for most of us, when we eliminate those foods, even just for a short time, we find, oh my God, I'm not overly hungry anymore. I'm like eating the same amount as a normal person. I'm not hungry two hours after I've already eaten. I'm not constantly, th- I, could, I just walked past the plate of brownies and didn't even think about it holy shit, what's happening. Right. It's like mind blowing. But then here's what happens there is then you're like, I know how to solve for over hunger and over desire. This is amazing. This is life-changing, but oh my God, I'm Italian. Like I am Italian American. What does this mean? If, 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 does it mean that I can't eat pasta anymore? Like my family's going to disown me. Right. Like, does it mean that I can't eat bread? Like I have to eat bread. Like I'm Italian. Like I was raised this way. I was raised eating pasta five nights a week. I can't not eat these things. So then there's this whole identity trip, right? Where you're like, "Oh my gosh, what does it mean?" And now, just for the record, and my mother can vouch for me, I still eat pasta. <laughs> right? I, I, I will never skip my mom's pasta. Like my my dad homemade noodles. Like never in a million years would I say no to that. But my point is that you really do learn that there's this whole identity piece that could have stopped me, right? I could have been like, well, I couldn't possibly eat this way for the rest of my life because I'm Italian. I have to eat this other way. That identity piece, it requires digging in deep and working on that and recognizing that eating pasta five nights a week doesn't actually make you Italian, right? But that's the work. That's the work that you have to do in order to really get around. I had a client who was like, what about our cook? My cook, like my family, we're into cookies at the holidays. We have this huge cookie festival and blah, blah, blah. Like how could I possibly to, to date? She has lost over 70 pounds and she still has her cookies at Christmas with her family. Right? So it's like, it's not all or nothing, but there right. is a huge identity kind of freak out for a lot of us. When we think about really changing our lifestyle to promote the way that we want to feel and we want to, sh- the way we want to show up in the
0: world. Yeah. And it, it becomes like a choice. I, I mean, I get asked the question a lot about the cake and the dessert and whatever, because I, I have not had gluten again since in 11 years. Wow. And I, I just like, I was so sick for so long and I had right. no idea. So yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I hated every birthday I ever had because it was like pizza and cake. <laughs> and yeah. Like so like literally yeah. I was like being made sick. Like it yes. makes me not like if I have it by mistake, like in soy sauce or something, I literally sometimes have to call to be picked up. I get so tired. Oh
1: so like God. I think
0: back to those times when yeah. I just like like you know, Basically, like keeled over. Yeah. Um. You know, at age nine or whatever, and it was just because I couldn't hate my body, like literally, yeah. couldn't handle that thing. So for me, it's like not a big deal. Have I figured out how to make cake without gluten in it? Of course. Yeah.
1: You know, right? <laughs>
0: and do I have that sugary thing every day? No. Yeah. But like, you know, every once in a while, for sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I I love that. All right. Anything else that you wanted? Like, so if if someone's listening and they're like. All right. I love all of this. Like, I wonder what my next step is. What What do you feel like the first step is in doing this sort of work?
1: Yeah, I'm um, honestly the first step, I think, is deciding that you want to invest, invest in yourself, yeah. um, because this work it is it's an investment in you. And if it, it takes some time in terms of really um, getting that mindset where you want it to be. But if once you make the decision that I am worth it, I am worth this investment. My daughters are worth it or my nieces, or I have a lot of teachers in my community. Like the girls are watching me and the boys, right? Like yeah. my, I have a boy, my, my six-year-old is a boy, but like we've got work to do there too, right? Like that is, they are worth it. I am worth it, it's worth it, right? And then once you've decided that, then there's a couple of options my first thing I would say is hop on a call with me. I would love to chat with you about your personal journey and your personal goals and how you can use this work to get you there. Um, And you can hop on a call with me um, on my website. There's a really easy way to sign up. But then also I have a community on Facebook called Level Up, um, Ditch the Diet Drama. And that is for women who are really ready to Ditch this diet drama and level up their lives in various ways, in in many ways. Um, but again, they are ready to invest in themselves in that way, um, and that's a free community. But then I also have a group um, called Over It, which runs every eight weeks. And um it's an eight week program um with a group of like minded badass women who are struggling with the same mindset stuff around food as maybe you are. And so you can hop in that group and every week we coach on that. You get a couple of free sessions in there one on one with me. Um and then also a private Facebook community in there that's really awesome. So awesome. we'll, we'll
0: link to videos. all that in the um show notes. Yeah. For sure. I love it. That's great. Um, and I love that the first step is just deciding, which I think is so true, and yeah. and deciding that we're sort of done with drama around it all. Totally. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I have to say, my claim to fame is that, um, you know, in all those 85 pounds, the way that I knew it happened is because I happened to have been weighed at a doctor, you know, one year and then the next year. <laughs> Like I actually didn't track it in between because I was just feeling really well. And so 12 years later, I just bought a scale. I was like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to see what it's like to just like see the number and like not care. And it's all, it's like that, you know, it's just that like experimental mind. It's all, I think that's like the, if it, Anyone takes anything away from this episode, I feel like I hope you take that away.
1: Yes. Just be curious. It's just a piece of data.
0: Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Mia. This was so fun.
0: At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where real change happens. And I do believe that action doesn't have to be huge. Sometimes we stand paralyzed because we think action has to be big. But the little things truly do add up. So what I recommend is you choose one thing a week and you really lean into it. You really decide that it's yours. You make time for it. You fit it into your schedule. You see what works and doesn't work and you make it happen. And on every episode, we always choose three doable changes from our interviews that you could take and run with. And again, we do recommend choosing one. Okay. Here's number one from this episode, get curious, start with curiosity, ask what happens if I eat this? How do I feel when I eat whatever this is, right? How do I feel when I eat X? How do I feel if I change when I eat? Use what you learn to start to make changes about what you eat or choose not to eat or when you eat or how much. Stay curious about how it all feels. Really fun experiment to run for a week, I promise. Okay, doable change number two. Notice hunger cues. Do you know what hunger actually feels like? If you're used to eating at specific times or even eating throughout the day, you may not know your hunger cues. Are you eating because you are physically hungry or emotionally hungry? Before you eat, ask, am I hungry? Maybe stop carrying snacks around, see what happens. Instead of looking at the clock for meals, see what happens if you wait and listen to your body. Love that. Okay, so get curious, notice hunger cues. Number three, try tweaking. Our bodies change. They change throughout our cycles and throughout our lives. And if you feel like you have something that works for you and then it doesn't, don't be afraid to make tweaks based on what you are noticing about your body. If you don't know enough yet about what this change might be, don't worry. Just try something and see how it feels and then you can adjust. So it's literally a doable change about making doable change, doable tweaks to your body. I love it. So choose one of those things if they call to you. If not, choose something else and move forward one doable change at a time. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast.